welcome to a very special episode of Mike and Joe at home. Usually we do a show about movies called On the Isle, but uh, with this coronavirus scare, we're self-quarantined. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I have my very, like, you know, and I'm going to tell you about this, Mike Lawson, my very special co-host, Mike Lawson, here with me. Hello, Mike. Hey, Joe. It's not, you know, I had toyed with, Mike and I were communicating about doing a special show since, well, let's talk about it right now. Mike, uh, now usually you, at this moment, you wouldn't be free. You'd be working or you'd be have another job as a th- at a yeah. theater. What's going on? What happened? Well, so all of my uh, jobs are connected to theater, so yeah. everything's canceled. I'm kind of on lockdown right now. I'm in a quarantine at home, though, um, and I fucking love it. <laughs> I knew you would. It's it's kind of great here too because I don't know how it is in the Bay Area, but it's like raining and cold and foggy, and it's just yeah. It's been like that all week. It's, it's, it's gloomy. It's yeah. not rainy here, but it's oh, gloomy. Isn't that the best? Yeah, I have hot coffee in front of me. Uh. <laughs> this is gonna get old really soon, especially when my work stops paying me. Oh, That's they're not paying you. <laughs> well, I mean, what's gonna happen? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually. So the, st- everything's still open. I'm just refusing to go in. Um, oh, we're kind of we're kind of at an impasse. Um, about two weeks ago, I don't know if I should be talking about all this on air, but here we go. This is just a quick uh, COVID nineteen talk, and then we'll cut this out. We'll stop it. But I about two weeks ago, I was like, "Hey, what's the plan for like I don't know getting people to work remotely, or like we are we at least thinking about that?" And they responded and said, no, the only thing, if someone doesn't feel comfortable coming to work, they can use their PTO. And so then I was like, so you're saying if they don't have PTO, you want them to come in? Yeah. Like, like, no, we want them to just not come in, but they can't be paid. Oh. So yesterday, I just sent an email. I was like, look, guys, you said that the only thing we can do is not come in. So I'm not coming in for at least a week. I have enough PTO for three. Yeah. So, well, the other thing, <laughs> figure too, it though, out. Yeah, the other thing too, too is, um, you're you're diabetic, and this is dangerous for you. That I also live with a ninety year old. Yeah. Oh, know? true. So, like, Good point. I don't want to be bringing shit up in the house mm-hmm. if I don't have to. Yeah. So I'm just not going in until they figure it out. Um, it's weird because I like manage a team. I also am like. My boss's boss is like trying to figure out how we can not close. Well, the theater will be closed, but how we can continue to kind of like do work, mm-hmm. but like stay six feet apart in what? the office. Yeah, it's weird. I'm basically not wait, going wait, in. Don't you have a whole theater? Show. Like, just like okay, you're in row Q. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't. I wouldn't want to go in the theater right now. Um, so that's closed. But then also the shitty thing is Memphis. The final week of Memphis was this weekend. Yeah, Mike was again canceled. I think there are a bunch of people like Zippers who don't subscribe on Patreon. Is Mike has been working oh. on a play called we're in Mixler, so uh, in, a, in a play called oh, right. Memphis. Yeah. So I've been uh, stage managing a musical at mm-hmm. a theater up in the East Bay, and. Uh, that final weekend got canceled, which is really shitty. And like, mm-hmm. in a weird way, I'm like very sad about it, but I'm not mad at all. Like, I'm very happy to have yeah, the yeah, weekend yeah. off. Mm-hmm. But I am still very sad, and I just feel like cheated in a way. Like, oh god, we had five more shows left, 
and I just felt like the the rhythm of it was getting yeah. just good and like everything about it was good and those five shows were going to be good mm-hmm. and it just sucks that we couldn't kind of like do it you know like when you think you had like one more chance to say goodbye or something yeah. and then that got cut from you so it just feels like that bittersweet yeah. a little it's but a I funny do I, laundry i saw uh joseph l Buhecker on facebook was like we were doing going to go to golden girls this weekend and for the record it was sold out like, like and people were fighting with him right and he's like and for the record it was sold out but now it's canceled yeah and i was like okay <laughs> I'm in a few like um, Facebook groups of like Bay Area theater kind of things. Yeah, and I mean everything's canceled, you know. Yeah. So it's it's kind of I feel bad for people. Um, I'm lucky that I work for a large organization. People like people who work for small theaters, their shit is just like dried up, and it dried up quick. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how this all pans out. But I've got a couple of weeks in me still in my fortress here so and are you instacarting i tried to instacart today and they're like it can't be delivered till sunday oh really i haven't even tried so i'm we we don't talk much on here about food and my food but i so i've been like doing some weird intermittent fasting for like i don't know almost a year Mm -hmm. and so i don't eat a lot and i don't eat i eat very the things so like i'm my groceries, I'm probably good for another, I don't know, five days until I even need to order again. But I didn't even think about that. That might Oh, I wouldn't be ordering now. Start ordering now, yeah. Okay. Or think about that. Because they were like, oh, Sunday. Now, I don't know what it is in the Bay Area, but right here. Now, yeah. you know, Mike Lawson, it looks like we landed up doing an episode of Catching Up. But uh, No, I have okay. other stories that I'm saving for Catching yeah. Up. So uh, we'll get to those. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's so funny. I was thinking about the show recently because I was talking to uh, – Afterthought Media superstar Laurie Roggenkamp uh, on yeah. one of the million shows we have, and she was—we were talking about political comedy. I'm not going to get into that discussion. It's a whole thing, right? And uh, we're talking about political comedy, and she was saying, "Oh, but you know, the thing with political comedy is, uh, even if you're successful, no one remembers you because it's so tied into you know topical humor. Yeah. So your stuff doesn't last." And I was like, "Oh, that's true." And then I started thinking like. Wait, most of my podcasts are just topical. The only it looks like the only thing that will be my legacy will be catching up. Well, that's not true. I mean, there are people still to this day doing like Star Trek Next Generation podcasts. Uh, true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that content lives as long as RuPaul lives. And I feel like Drag Race is gonna live for yeah, a I while in the just watch it. the mind of yeah, and then discover the podcast. That's not a bad idea either. It's not, that's probably pretty true. Anyway, uh, Mike Lawson, what we're here to talk about today is we want to do a very special show for you. Kind of a lot of you guys are probably shut in, self-quarantining the way Mike and I are. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a, a this weird social media trend, like, I was like a week or two ago, maybe two weeks ago, called 10 Movies to Know Me, okay? 10 Movies to Know Me. And the the, the thing was to... Write down the 10 movies that people would need to watch to completely know who you are. Now, I yeah. was only able to narrow it down to t- like 20. I couldn't go any what? further. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I won't do all, all, I won't do all, all 20. I've, I've discussed these on other shows, but we can do it here too. 
But Mike Laws, I'm very interested to hear your 10 movies. And I'm, I'm very yeah. curious to see if there's any overlap. But your 10 I'm movies sure are no a, Well, I know there's at least one overlap. One okay. movie. Because okay. we talked about it recently. But also, I just picked 10. I could come up with 20. But these okay. are like the 10 that came to mind first. That's the yeah. the job was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't to come up with 20 then narrow it down. Yeah. So okay, hold on. I'm not one, saying these are like two, the, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh my gosh! I don't. Okay, go ahead. I don't even know how I would narrow this down. There's a couple movies on here when someone's like, "What's your favorite movie?" I could kind of hit up one or two of these because they are like clearly movies that I that have shaped me or you know yeah. are um, particularly um, meaningful for me for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then there's others that I just like really enjoy. Um, so there's a, a couple that are, um, more important than others. Mm-hmm. And I should also say all of these in one way or another are available for streaming in your oh, home really? right now. Yeah. I mean like not necessarily on Netflix. You might have to like rent it on Amazon Prime oh, or I something, see. but, yeah. or on, uh, iTunes, but they're all available to you in yeah. your house at some way. Unlike Taylor, who one of his movies was the movie, the 1982, uh, summer, like kind of hit. Kiss Me Goodbye with Sally Field and James Caan. <laughs> and you're like, you can't even find that anywhere. It doesn't even exist. It's not a real movie. It's like that Shaq movie everyone thinks they know. Oh, uh, Sh- Do you know they, what yeah, the one where they think he's a genie, Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, 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 so no, 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 no. You got it wrong. There is a movie where Shaq is the genie. The one they think is the one with... um. Who was that actor? Oh my god, I can't remember his name. He's a comedian. Sinbad. Sinbad. They think Sinbad was a movie where he was a genie. Yeah. And they're convinced. They're convinced that they've seen this movie. Joey, I'm pretty convinced that I know what it is, that I've seen. Not necessarily seen the movie, but like the poster and like it was part of everything. Mike, I have that too. You know, it's called the Mandela effect. But I have that too where, you know, there's this legendary episode of Too Close for Comfort. Where okay. Monroe gets raped, okay, by two uh, women, okay, all right? and it was so controversial. They it it it's according to the people who who does it never aired in reruns. Like they showed it the one time, okay, uh, when it aired originally, you know, the first run, and that was it. Yet I have distinct memories of this episode, and people, this who? is the same thing. It's another Mandela effect. Who was it that got raped? Monroe, Jim J. Bullock. Uh, the gay guy? Yeah. Oh. By women. I barely remember that show. I remember, was he gay in the show? No, 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 no. He's not gay in the show. But he is, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they just, does he go out with women in the show? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, my God. Yeah. I rem- He was a... Guy okay, was okay. like a com- com- okay. He drew comics? Yeah, yeah. Everyone should know, okay. If you're under the age of 35 or something like that, there was a show called Too Close for Comfort, the sitcom, yeah. that for some reason, it was, even while it was airing in the 80s, they would rerun it during the day. So if you were a kid, when you got home from school or whatever, they would... Too close for comfort airing, you know, on your local channel. And so yeah. it, was a, it was a show where this actor named Ted Knight... Who had been on the Mary Tyler Moore show and on cost in the in that uh, Caddyshack movie? He played this um, uh, a guy who drew comic strips, right? And his wife and he had these two hot daughters, 
right? And then they had like a tenant who lived in like a room or something like that. And his name was Monroe. And he was super gay. Like super, super yeah. gay, right? But the the show pretended like he was straight. Like no one ever commented. But that not Monroe like as gay. a joke. Not like that wasn't the character. A gay guy pretending to be straight. It was just that they just never acknowledge that he's gay. No, no, he's he, the, the character. It, it, it dates women and stuff. Okay, yeah. so it wasn't like a gay man pretending no. to be a straight man. It wasn't. It was, I see what you're saying. It wasn't like on. Um, I feel like when Paul Lynn was on shows, it was always very wink, wink, he's gay, right? Or Charles Nelson Riley. It wasn't that. Uh, it was, he is a straight man, and he is on, hold on, I'm trying to find the clips here uh, of him talking. So you could, even, I think even if you, yeah. oh, oh, they even have the, the clip of him when he got raped thing. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Let's see, let's see if we have a, a clip here. All I can see are the intros. Is he raped by a man? No, he's raped by two women. What? Yeah, yeah, he's raped by two women. Let me see. Here's the clip. All night. Okay, so that's Monroe talking right there. Let me put the volume up. No, the volume is up. Oh, okay. Here you go. Raped all night. <laughs> that's the thing is that because he's a man, they treated it for laughs that he was raped. FYI. What do you mean that you cooperated? I'd rather not talk about it. Does anyone know what's going on here? I think I do. Those two women were attracted to Moreau. They desired him and helped themselves. <laughs> helped themselves to what? <laughs> anyway, the point was that he was super, he was super gay. Anyway, um, how did we get on this? By the way, in 1999, Bullock was arrested outside of a West Hollywood bar for possession of crystal meth. Oh, yeah, yeah. He had a big problem, yeah. He also he was diagnosed with HIV in 85, mm-hmm. but it took him 11 years to publicly come out with that. Yeah. And he, he also he did a talk show with uh, um, um, Tammy Faye Baker. Oh, you know what? Yeah. And he was in the, um, wasn't he in the documentary about her too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's he so was funny on an I episode fe- of Glee? I feel like... Is he still I, alive? He's still alive, yes. Huh. I feel that like if that show oh was God. on now, it would be the biggest hit. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I feel that show was on. You know what's so funny is I when of course you've seen the clip of Sarah Palin singing "Baby Got Back" on the Mass Singer, right? Yeah. And it's so funny if she wasn't such a horrible human being, you know, if she wasn't such a horrible, terrible human being, I was like, she could have gay icon status if she wasn't such a horrible human being. Thank you. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So okay. So how do we get on this topic? Um. Stuff we remember happening, even though we probably don't have a real memory of it. Okay, so go on with your movies. Oh, okay. okay so what, what do you? Kiss, kiss me goodbye. How do you want me to do this? Kiss me goodbye. Um, in in any order that you want. Well, let's start. Okay, so number one movie on my list. There's two that are kind of tied for number one. The oh, rest oh, are they're old. actually ranked. No, no, no. So I have two movies tied for number one, and then the rest are just like, okay. and the uh, rest. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with one that I'm going to guess is on your list as well, and that's Pee-wee's Big Adventure from 1985. It's the first movie that came to my mind, and I wrote it down. 
Yeah, it's on. Whenever I'm making a list of like a movie to watch or the movie to see, this is on it. Uh, music by Danny Elfman. I love all mm-hmm. the music of it. Story's phenomenal. All of the like little guest star cameos are great. Mm-hmm. The story's phenomenal. You know what's so everything f- about it. You know what's so funny? I know I see that bookworm there is listening. I want her advice on this. Is you know I was doing that thing where I was collecting movie posters. Now I'm done with movie posters because I can't find any that I like. So now my new thing is I'm going to start commissioning work, right? Because I'm a yeah. fucking Medici now. And uh, when I was watching the movie recently, I was like, oh, I would want uh, a, I would want someone to do, draw that. I would want someone to draw that. I would want someone to draw. That. I have like three or four prints that I want to get done. I need to find artists yeah. that can do it, though. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Um, something cheaper and maybe less work is you could also go to redbubble.com and type in Peewee and see what people have already done mm-hmm. and then get prints for you know cheaper than commission. But, I mean, if you want to help artist friends, help artist friends. I'm not yeah. saying don't do that, but um, that's already out. There's a lot of stuff already out there that I've seen on Redbubble. Um, so it's just a solid movie. I enjoy it start to finish. I've rewatched it a million times. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it's on my list. Why is it on your list? I think there are very few movies that have influenced my comedy or my pacing or what I would love to do more than P- I think there are a couple, but Pee Wee's Big Adventure is up there. You know, where yeah. I was like, just like, I mean, there is like an obscure joke in this movie that to this day. Starting then and to this day, my brother and I still recreate. But do you remember when um, he has the people in the basement, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and he says, like, here's a picture of me with my bike, right? And then he goes, here's a picture of me without my bike. And he has, like, this, uh, this weird blank expression on his face. Yeah. My brother and I thought that was the funniest thing ever. And so now in any family picture my mom wants to take, my brother and I both make that face in the picture. And actually, that's one of the pieces of art that I want to have commissioned. And I want someone just to recreate the photograph in his hand. Sure. Uh, is that. Yeah, yeah. That movie. Um, so funny. It's just so, now, so funny. Your, what are your thoughts on like the, I don't know, Pee Wee's Playhouse and Pee Wee's what's a big top peewee or peewee's big holiday adventure or all I didn't these other see, i didn't see peewee's big holiday adventure or any of that stuff or the the new net I, I, I tried to do the netflix movie and i just got so sad i just couldn't hmm. do it right it's not awful mm. but oh, yeah it's not I, yeah. no it, it 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 has enough like nods to like the old stuff that it makes it kind of like good it does it right i like maybe it maybe i'll watch it i'll watch it because it's a rainy yeah. day and it's a silly movie but um I, I actually liked Big Top Pee Wee. I know a lot of people didn't. Um, mm-hmm. I actually really liked Big Top Pee Wee, um, and I liked Pee Wee's Playhouse too. I it was uh, I was a little old to be watching, but I liked Pee Wee so much I would still yeah. watch it. Same, yeah. And I also liked children's television way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, like past, I was way past the prime, like the target audience, but I was still watching a lot of Sesame Street and Pee Wee and yeah. A lot of other stuff like that. I don't. I just always found it very comforting. Um, no, did you? So Pee Wee's Big Adventure was nineteen. What year was that? Did I say? I want to say eighty five, isn't it? Yeah, eighty five. Yeah. yeah. So I was four years old when this movie came out. So mm-hmm. I certainly didn't watch this like in theaters first release. Mm-hmm. I must. I just got it. It was on TV a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then eventually I got, uh, you know, my DVD of it. Have you ever listened to the DVD commentary? I feel I have, and I remember being disappointed. I could be wrong on that one. Though. Oh no, oh, it's, it's great. I well, I find it to be great. Um, Paul Rubin, Rubens, Rubin, Rubens. He Rubens does a good job of kind of like just. There are so many like small little parts in this movie where it's like I don't know the guy at the joke shop in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Is like he tells you the history of this guy and like, oh, he used to have this act where he would do this or that. And like everything has a history in every one and like filming locations and all of that. I don't know. I just found it very fascinating to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I probably only listened to it, you know, a couple years ago. So if you have the DVD, I suggest you also listen to that. He, You know, I went to go see the t- touring, the traveling show that's going around. Yeah. And he tells like he, he doesn't take any questions, but he tells little tidbits. You know, sure, sure. And um, did I say about the Alamo in the basement? Oh no! Wait, okay. what? Did I say about the Alamo in the basement? I'll tell you that. I'll tell two stories. Tell me. The, story number one was talking about studio notes and how dumb they are, and how they didn't, the studio just didn't understand the movie, and how there was a scene that for time had to be cut where there was a whole sequence with Amazing Larry. Okay. Okay. And in the in the, in the magic shop. And it had to be cut. So when they were screening it, and then Pee-wee yells at him, is there something you want to share with the rest of us, Amazing Larry? And this guy turns around with a mohawk, which is a result of this gag, this bit. The studio was like, well, obviously you need to cut that out. It's not funny anymore, right? And Pee-wee yeah. had to like, Pee-wee and Tim Burton had to like fight and say like, no, you don't understand. Now the jokes do it. <laughs> People will just make up the joke in their head. Like that. That's what makes it funny. Is that there's this, per- this man who's clearly older and bald with a uh, multicolored mohawk, and uh, and he's just no one knows who he is, right? So uh, there's that. And then he was saying that, and I don't think this would be in the commentary because it just re- kind of fairly recently happened. But that he was in, he was doing a bit for Top Chef. As Pee Wee. And they filmed it at the Alamo. Okay? Mm-hmm. And this man comes up to him. He's standing there. And he, and he goes, uh, you know, Mr. Rubens, uh, here's my business card. Right? And Paul was like, what? And he looks at it. And it's just says like, you know, so-and-so manager, Alamo. Right? And he goes, uh, can you see me when you have a free moment? He's like, I don't know. What the, whatever. Right? Yeah, and so um, they film their bit, blah 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 blah, and then afterwards, you know, Paul Rubens comes up and says, "Like, yes, you know, you want to talk to me?" And he goes, "I want to show you something," and he takes him to the basement of the Alamo has a basement. Oh, because he was in that they just made it up. You know, they just we yeah. like, <laughs> everything was just like something they just made him ever visit the Alamo. You know, um, right. and do research or anything like that. And so when uh, when when, when uh, the guy took him, he took him to the basement of the Alamo. He that was a, he said that was a very funny story there, that the Alamo does have a basement. Uh, okay, so what's your next movie? Wait, now you do one. Oh, okay. That, well, I've already done this. On, I've done this on it. other shows, but uh, I'll do it again. So, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, you and I share. The other one that I have is uh, the Three Amigos. It's the second one I wrote down. Oh, okay. The Three Amigos, which is so funny because people know it didn't do well in theaters when it first came out. 
but it went, it came out around the same time as Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I want to say. This is around the time that, like, at 10 years old, I was 10, at a 10 years old, you know, I might be like 11 or 12 when Three Amigos came out, but um, when your humor, your sense of humor is being formed. And so the Three Amigos, I just, as a kid, thought that was the funniest fucking movie, right? I thought yeah. it was so hilarious. I think it holds up. It's still funny, you know? And, I'd have to watch it again. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. It was 1986 that it yeah. came out, and it used to play on TV a lot. A lot, like yeah, they yeah, would yeah. replay it. I didn't see it in the theaters. Yeah, I only saw it on TV. So, uh, and it's, to be honest, I don't even remember the plot. Tell me if I'm right. Like those, the three guys, Steve mm-hmm. Martin, yeah. Chevy Chase, and mm-hmm. um, Martin Short, mm-hmm. uh basically kind of are. They think they're a part of an acting job, but then it turns out to be something else yeah yeah right so they're silent film stars and they ask for a raise and they get fired right and immediately and that's part of the humor right it's like a cartoon you know uh they get a tell a telegram because the people in mexico think that the three amigos are really those people because it's then it's the birth of cinema you know so they think the silent movie stars are real and so they write the three amigos and ask Uh. but they think it's for a gig they really want them to save the town Okay. Yeah. I should try to find this and rewatch it because it's been a minute. It's not hard to find. Yeah. I'm eating gummy bears. Okay, what's your next movie? Three Amigos. Great. Um, Next movie, and Wait, this can is I another guess? one. Sure. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to guess. Um, Don't look in the chat room. Don't look in the chat room. I don't want to take it away from you. Don't look in the chat room. Okay. I'm going to type it. And we'll see if I'm if I'm right. Okay. As you're typing in, all of these movies are movies that I have or will or would mm-hmm. watch with like director commentary. Mm-hmm. I don't do that for a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. like these movies I've seen so often that like watching it again with commentary would be worth it. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm just rewatching it to rewatch it. Okay. So mm-hmm. the next movie on my list is the nineteen ninety oh. American Christmas comedy film written, produced by John Hughes and directed by Chris Columbus, mm-hmm. starring Macaulay Culkin, Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, John Hurt, and Catherine O'Hara. Home Alone. Really? That's not I wasn't my guess. Interesting. Tell me about can it. Can I look at your guess? Yeah, yeah, I can look now. Um, Annie Hall, no, no Woody Allen on my list at all. Oh. It's been canceled. You oh. didn't know that? <laughs> I'm just kidding about that. I mean, he has been, but um, Home Alone is high on the list. It's mm-hmm. a movie I can watch and watch over and over, mm-hmm. almost to the point where, like, it just, I'm not even really watching it. I'm just kind of like allowing my brain to listen to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And do its thing. Um, also, great score. Um, I'm, I feel like a lot of the movies I picked, I also enjoy what's going on um, with the soundtrack. So, um, I mean, I, everyone yeah. knows the story, right? Mm-hmm. Kid gets left home alone. Big Christmas vacation. Uh, family leaves to Paris, forgets that they uh, left their son at home. Yeah. Son's kind of a dick, mm-hmm. um, so he kind of deserved it. Yeah. But then um, there's also like a a local kind of band, these bandits that are coming and robbing all these homes where people are away, and mm-hmm. the kid sets up booby traps. Fun movie for a kid, but also just like written well, funny, 
Uh-huh. All around good. What are your thoughts on this movie, Joey? You know, I've only seen it a couple of times. I enjoyed it, but I've only seen it a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, I like it. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's so funny because in my movie poster thing, there's like a famous uh, Home Alone movie poster that's really, it's very expensive if you even find it for sale. And um, it's just very simple. It's just the front of the house. Uh, it almost it almost looks kind of like uh, who's that horrible artist that that basic people like my parents like that uh, he died he had like a water I don't know if he did watercolors it's like he had like really basic uh, people remember in the chat room Bob Ross no 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 he, he I feel like they sold his, his art on like cruise ship I don't I don't like even know Kincaid? where my parents yes Thomas Kincaid thank you um uh is Thomas Kincaid. Uh, it kind of looks like a Thomas Kincaid painting, but it's the front of the house. And if you if you look for it, you can see the van with Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, like them getting out. Of, it's only a silhouette, though. Uh, I like that poster, but it's it's very expensive, very hard to find. Thank you. Cute. So and, Home Alone, not on your list. You've only seen it not a on my list. Only seen it a couple of times. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. I'm a, I'm a huge John Hughes fan, um, and uh, he has a couple of movies on my list, but not that one. Good movie though. Uh, I like it. You know, Pee-wee's oh, Big Adventure, Home Alone, mine too. What are yours? I was just covering this with Laurie Roggenkamp uh, yesterday, and in doing so, noticed that the next movie on my list, even though they're two very different movies, is not too different from the movie that precedes it, which is you know I just said Three Amigos, right? Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard okay. is about a silent movie person who doesn't realize that their time has passed and, you know, is trying to make a comeback kind of thing. And yeah. they're delusional. And, well, my um, next movie is about Sunset, I mean, is about silent movie stars too, but we'll get there. Oh, Isn't interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sunset Boulevard, you know, I saw it as an older person, not older, but like I wasn't a kid when I saw it. But I think you, had, you can't be a kid. I think a kid would find this movie boring, you know? Yeah. And sure. uh, I it's I don't remember what's funny. I, I did a whole speech about this on this Joe Batanz, uh yesterday, but um, I don't remember if I saw it first on the small screen or if I saw it first on the big screen. But I will say that the 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 moment that resonates with me is you have to even if you've seen this film, if you ever get a chance, and it shows them one of these theater festival kind of things a lot. See it on the big screen. You have to see this movie on the big screen. It changes the movie completely, and uh, especially the ending. And it's such a big movie, you know. Uh, it's such a big movie that it deserves to be on a big screen. And so I just remember when I saw it on the big screen with a theater full of people, it just took my motherfucking breath away. And so Sunset I've Boulevard. I've only seen it a couple times. Oh, really? Oh, I love yeah. that movie. Love I'm it. I'm trying to think. There, I mean, there's things that I really like about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some stuff that I remember being kind of cool. Like, um, it reminded me a little, I mean, of like American Beauty, which mm-hmm. isn't on my list, but was a great movie when I saw it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a few things that are kind of similar and interesting and for the same reasons. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a good movie. Not something I visited recently, though. Have you ever seen it on the big screen? Nope. I do have to see on the big screen, I'm telling you. Changes it. Uh, okay. Right. Changes it. Right. So my next movie, Joey, is about uh has some silent film stars in it. 
Any guesses? Is, is, is it a silent film? It's not. It's a musical romantic comedy directed and choreographed by the same man. I'm nope. going to say it's Singing in the Rain by Gene Kelly. 1952's Singing in the Rain. There you yeah. go. Um, so Gene Kelly plays Don Lockwood. He's a popular silent film star. And uh, they're basically coming out with talkies, music where the actors are actually speaking. And mm-hmm. um, he is, uh, they are struggling to kind of his uh, female counterpart to sound right. Um, and they end up doing some weird, like, uh, lip syncing stuff with Debbie yeah. Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And it's a good movie. Good songs. I feel like the reason I like this is it's one of those early musicals where I didn't really understand what a musical was. And mm-hmm. so I was just kind of like, it's one of the first that I, like, saw. But then, like, my mom was, like, okay with it. It wasn't, I don't know. Well, you know, I didn't feel so like funny. I had to hide it. It's so funny that you say that because it's. I've talked about this. I talked about this on Catching Up. I've talked about this a million times uh, when in reference to Gene Kelly, and it, I think it's one of the first lines in a documentary about those movies, you know, those MGM movies or whatever, um, or those movie musicals. But you know, there was a big thing between Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly, right? And Fred Astaire danced sort of like an effete, you know, you know, upper crust gentleman, but Gene Kelly danced. But the way a man would dance, he didn't dance like a little, you know, gay guy, right? Which or like Fred a wasn't ballet gay. dancer, like he yeah. had. There was like he was a heavier mas- on the bottom. Yeah, there was a masculinity to the way he danced, you know, and it and it seemed the way he danced seemed like the if an every man could dance, he would dance like Gene Kelly, and that's yeah. probably why subconsciously your mom was okay with it because it, it's not super faggy, right? You know, yeah. So we we watched that a lot as kids and. Uh, well, when I was younger, it's a good movie. I mean, the story's okay, mm-hmm. uh, but I think I pick it more just because I really like the music of it. Mm-hmm. I like the dance numbers. I love the singing in the rain number. Yeah. Um, there was a somebody did the singing in the rain number on ice. Do you ever remember seeing this on like an ice capade kind of thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no. Mm-hmm. I should find that somebody did it like. All on ice, and I remember being obsessed with that for a while too. Mm-hmm. Who's um, that little gay ice commentator? What's his name? Scott. No, no, no. The one that Mark. wore the girls' clothes. Oh, Johnny Ware. Yeah. Oh my god, I would. I would bang this Johnny Ware so hard. Really? I, Ooh. I, I love here. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I love effeminate guys. I don't know what it is. Even if it's a guy who's not that attracted to me, attractive to me, like the femier, the be- like it, it like that is a plus in my book. Yeah. That like, oh my god, oh my goodness, I'm so into like yes, yes. And you're right. I agree with you. Like physically speaking, I'm like, let me look. I'm gonna look him up right now. Maybe, maybe, maybe it might have. Maybe it might go back to the other side. Right. Yeah. Johnny Ware. Definitely younger though. Well, now he was well, speaking of. He's starting to look like Pee Wee Herman now. Yeah, I could see him looking like Pee Wee. Oh yeah, he does look Pee Wee ish. <laughs> yeah, he should ice cream <laughs> as Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Um, he kind of has this um, uh, Rufus Wainwright look to him yeah. too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, not which, my style. Which I saw Rufus Wainwright in a picture recently. I'm like, oh my god, when did he age 50 years or something? Like, he looks so old in the picture. Yeah, I feel like what happened with him was Rufus for the longest time had like 20 photographs. Mm-hmm. And everyone just used those 20 photographs. And then yeah. he aged. Yeah. And then now when we see him, we're like, oh, shit, you don't look like those 20 <laughs> pictures we've been seeing of you. Oh, it's there. not 2001 anymore? Yeah. 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 All right. Next movie for Joey is? Oh, my God. I'm looking at him right now. I'm Rufus Wainwright. Yeah. He does not look at those pictures. Handsome man, though. But yeah. uh, doesn't look at those pictures. Uh, next movie for Joey is actually, this is one of the movies where I cheated a little bit. In that, to me, these movies are intrinsically linked. Um, so it's two movies actually. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Okay. Uh, I, I, they're kind of backwards for me because um, I was too young when Raiders of the Lost Ark came out. You know, so I think I remember seeing it in the theater, but like, I, can I remember? I have distinct memories of not wanting to go and crying, and my dad saying, "No, no, no! Look, it's Han Solo. Han Solo's in this movie, right?" <laughs> Uh-huh. And taking me to see that movie, but I don't remember watching the movie, but I distinctly remember going to see Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom was the uh, movie that I am most, or the Indiana Jones that I'm most familiar with. Me too, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like it played on TV a lot more yeah. for some reason, mm-hmm. or at least we watched it a lot more. Yeah. This was in the days where we'd have like, you know, HBO free for a weekend and mm-hmm. this would be on three times and we would watch it all three times. Yeah. So like we would get really good at kind of memorizing lines and stuff. And oh, I'm not saying this is a bad movie, Joey, mm-hmm. yeah. but I don't know how much of it is like we were it was the, the movie we were allowed oh. to watch. And therefore, that it became our movie. No, I one hundred percent. That's maybe why I link them together, because to me, what's funny is. I don't remember watching Raiders of the Lost Ark first run, but it's the movie on revival theaters that gets shown the most. So yeah. I've seen it a million times on the big screen. I just think it's, to me, Raiders of the Lost Ark is almost like a perfect film. So in mm. terms of, like, in other words, in terms of admiring a film, well, everyone should know I just have an obsession with Indiana Jones anyway. Like, you know, like Taylor has it with Star Wars. My Star Wars is Indiana Jones. Okay. So like, of the movie posters I own, the ones I own the most of are Indiana Jones. Okay, I love Indiana Jones, and so um, Raiders of the Lost Ark to me is the best film. It's just I have a very uh, visceral connection to uh, Indiana Jones: Temple of Doom for the very reason that you said. It's probably I should probably watch it again. It's probably not that good of a movie, but I always distinctly remember going back to the theater, being a kid. I remember we must have gotten we must have gotten in right when the movie started, and being in this packed huge movie theater right and in temple of doom there's a shot where the first time we see harrison force we see like the japanese man and he's standing there oh, there's all this drama going on and then there's the first shot we see harrison ford he sits down in this white tuxedo and we see his face for the first time and mm-hmm. i remember the theater roared with cheering and clapping and standing up and i'm like Oh, it was my first experience with a movie star. I was like, oh my God, that's a movie star. And I, and I you know what's so funny? I, is I honestly think to this day that Harrison Ford and Tom Cruise are the last movie stars that we have. But um, in the traditional sense, I think they're evolving. But in that old school sense. Uh, you know, it is evolving. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't care about that world a lot. Yeah. So I've never really thought about that. But yeah. Huh. 
Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's those, those those films are very very important to me. Uh, in fact, they, I probably rank them higher than Sunset Boulevard. That's how important they are to me. But that's just how they came out on the list. What's it, next? So Go wait, ahead. Harrison Ford has done kind of a close up of this movie franchise, right? Didn't he? No, do they're one making another one. Oh, they are. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the fourth one. I'm one of those like the fourth one doesn't exist. People mm. notice, I, notice, notice I, didn't, I didn't put Last Crusade on mine either. Which I like Last Crusade, but it's not. Yeah, in I was that... gonna say I thought I liked it. Yeah, I liked it, but it's it's not in my pantheon of great films. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's next huh. for you? Indiana Jones. Oh. Um. Okay. So my next one. Now they're getting a little bit weirder. So this isn't like necessarily something I watched a lot as a kid, mm-hmm. but it is. It's called a comedy drama meta film. Mm-hmm. I would say. All Tell right. me when you think you know it. Comedy drama meta film. Okay. Directed by Spike Jones. I already know what it is. You do? Mm hmm. Written by Charlie Kaufman. Okay. Wait, you know it, right? Yeah, it's Beaton John Malkovich. No, adaptation. Oh, really? Adaptation. I I was like, oh, he'd be adaptation or Beaton John Malkovich, (laughs) but I wouldn't be. Uh, John Malkovich is good, but yeah. for some reason, adaptation hit me at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, it's a movie. If you don't know, it's kind of this. Um, it's supposed to be a screenplay of the book called The Orchid Thief, and um, Charlie Kaufman, and then instead wrote a film about him writing a film mm-hmm. about the Orchid Thief, and I don't know. It's just very meta, and it broke a lot of. I don't know. It kind of like made me feel in a way that I. The time that like, oh, you don't have to follow the rules. And like, sometimes things are better when you don't follow normal structure. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. Um, I felt like every time I watched it, I got something new out of it. It made me feel smart. Yeah. (laughs) It's good, though. Have you seen it, Joey? Oh, yeah. I I think we were friends when when that movie came out. I think we already knew each other. What year did it come out? 2002. Oh, yeah, for sure we were friends. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and you know what? The the um, time in my life that I found this was a time in my life when I realized you mm-hmm. can walk into like a blockbuster video or a Hollywood video and they were selling VHS tapes a lot of times for like a dollar. Yeah. And so I would go and just find movies, and instead of rent them, I would buy them. Mm-hmm. And so this is one movie I bought before I ever saw it, and ended up really liking it. So I bought it after it came out on VHS, and just kind of was like blown away by it. Oh, interesting! I didn't know that. Music not so great, um, but everything else about it really good. I just really enjoy the story, the um, meta ness of it, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and how he kind of writes about himself uh he the movie also is credited to his brother yeah twin brother donald kaufman who isn't a real person but yeah. is kind of like the tyler durden of the story yeah um it's good i like it the end uh, no, go it's, a good, it's it. a good movie good movie go, go watch adaptation it it's is not very... a musical so yeah a lot of the things i'm telling you are kind of like gay or yeah. 80s movies that were um impactful to me when i was a kid this is just a a good story and i think Mm -hmm. it's written well yeah all right very good um all right next one for me again it's always gonna have one of these joe batan stories attached to it pulp fiction Mm. pulp fiction very very important movie in my life before you can even in terms of my movie appreciation life and everything 
you I think there are two I don't know what you call these things, but you know the the before and after. And Pulp Fiction is one of them. Pulp Fiction, there's a before Pulp Fiction and an after Pulp Fiction in terms of film. Where and I was a sophomore in college. No, freshman or sophomore, I can't remember. And uh, a guy that I knew was super into movies. I would not have considered myself super into movies at the time, right? I, I think I would just I would just consider myself a casual movie fan, right? Okay. And he was saying, you know, he was a but he was a huge movie buff, right? Huge. And he was like, oh, there's this new movie opening this weekend, and it did really well at all the film festivals. And it's called Pulp Fiction. You should go with me to go see it. Uh, he wasn't gay. And uh, let's go. And I, I, he, I was like, ugh. I, I don't know why I went, right? But I went. Yeah. And I didn't know what this movie was. I didn't know anything about it. And, you know, it's one of the great things where, like, because the movie now is so sewn into the fabric of American cinema, pop culture, kind of, and also every straight guy, you know, kind of knows it, that... I feel sort of blessed that I was with a packed movie theater, again, another packed movie theater, watching this film with a, an audience, which those movies are meant, to, he writes them for movie theaters, and just being like, oh my fucking God, this isn't, I've never seen a movie like this before, you know? And like, I'm distinctly remembering the scene when Mia, remember when she ODs and they have to stab her in the chest with the needle? And then she shoots up and she, you know, goes, <gasps> I remember the whole theater screamed. Oh, my God. Everyone was screaming. Or when, like, um, the kid gets, when they accidentally shoot the kid in the head and blow his brains out in the back of the car. Yeah. Oh, my God. Screaming and laughing. It was, like, it was like the most fun I've had in a movie theater. And I just didn't, I never, oh, my God. It was like, it was like the perfect age for it. And I became obsessed with it. And, um, yeah, Pulp Fiction. It made me want, it made me want to make and movies. I All think I might need to rewatch this one. So in a weird way, I can't wait till this episode comes out so I can remember. So Pulp Fiction, Sunset Boulevard. I want to go watch those two movies again. Well, I'm saying Sunset Boulevard, you have to watch in a theater. I was saying if you've already seen it in the movie, in the oh. small screen, then you... I am not going to the yeah, theater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what's next on your list there, Mike Lawson? Okay, next on my list is... Um, okay, don't hate me, but I really do like it. And I kind of wanted to pick something on the newer side just because a lot of my shit was on the older side. So I was like, what have I really enjoyed lately? So much so that I would listen to the commentary. And uh -huh. I chose the 2016 oh my God. American Romantic Musical Film. Oh, God. Do you know what it is? Yes. What? <laughs> oh, okay. What's your guess? I know exactly what it is. It's La La Land. I know. I fucking love this movie. I know very many people. I know this is like the cilantro of movies and people uh -huh. love it or they hate it. I just find everything about it great. I like mm -hmm. every musical number. Mm -hmm. I like every song. Mm -hmm. I like the cinematography. Mm -hmm. I like the story. I just love it. And I, I've watched it a million times. I have turned it on and just left it on. Mm -hmm. It's one of those movies for me. It does it for me. I think it makes L.A. feel so sexy. Mm -hmm. I just, I like everything about it. Well, you're disgusted by it, is that? No, no. Oh, no I, 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 I think it's, um, it's comfort food movie. 
I don't think it's I don't think it's a great film, but I think it's it, it's comfort food. I, I, I could see how this movie would have that effect on you. But I think saying comfort food it kind of points out why I think it's a great movie. Okay. Like, I mean, comfort food can be great food, and yeah. so can you know what I mean. Not every food has to be a salad that's like mm-hmm. highly nutritious. Some yeah. food is, you know, just really good to kind of devour and has very little nutritional value, but you still yeah. really fucking enjoy it. And that's I mean, how I feel about this. I, I do really. It is a love letter to Los Angeles. It's a city, and Los Angeles is a city that I love. And uh, I do really feel it captures the feel of L.A. very well, too. I don't know how to explain that, but it sort of does that really well. Um, you know, funny, what's funny recently is Taylor, the latte boy, went to go see the movie An American in Paris, right? And I can't remember why this came up. But the movie. The movie, yeah. Okay. And I... Um, the ending came up, but where would I have seen this? Because in the conversation I had this, but I saw it somewhere in a comment, I guess, where someone was like, oh, they, they just totally ripped off the ending to An American in Paris or something like that. I don't know how this came up in the conversation. And I was like, oh, this sounds like it's um, it's an homage to... So I, I found out that the ending is an homage to An American in Paris. Um, Which I ahead. also really love. If the... The musical stage version of American Paris is mm-hmm. coming to your town because it's on tour right now. I highly suggest you go see it. Oh, you it. liked it? I saw it four times and I loved <gasps> it every time. Yeah. Oh I my love goodness. it. Uh, but going back to that, like, I feel like there's some hacky stuff that happens in this movie that mm-hmm. kind of has to happen because they, how else are you going to get like that Warner Brothers backlot sort of look unless that's part of the story? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's some things that, like those grandiose kind of musical numbers and stuff, it just wouldn't make sense, and I don't think we would swallow it if it if they threw it at us in the way it used to be thrown at us. So they mm-hmm. kind of have to do that. And there's like, I don't know, I just really like it. Um, that's all. You know what's so funny is <laughs> I is that funny you did that movie right after I did Pulp Fiction because I had a similar experience with John Paul. In that John Paul said, oh, evil John can't go to this thing with me tonight. Do you want to go? And I was like, what is it? He's like, for this movie called La La Land with Ryan Gosling. And so we went yeah. to it. It was at the Arclight um, and in the Cinerama Dome. And was it a the, preview? It was like the week, a couple of days. Because Arclight does this thing where, well, the point I was going to get is the entire cast and directors and everybody were there. They did a Q&A afterwards. And yeah. Arclight films that so they can send to their other theaters. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, uh, so I was, I'm like, oh, so I, I, we saw the movie in the Santa Dome, and then I, the whole cast was there, and I was just, um, and I was very, ugh, I hate Q and A's. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What's your next movie, Joey? The next movie for me, it's the stuff that dreams are made of. The Maltese Falcon. I don't have the all like you have all like the who, who uh, I do. Well, let me see if I can do it by memory. It's directed by Howard Hawks, I want to say. Screenplay. It's a Humphrey Bogart and Peter Lorre and what's the uh, Sydney Greenstreet? Huh? Sam Spade. He plays Sam Spade, but Sydney Greenstreet is in it. But, and uh, uh, no, or did he play Philip Marlowe? It's, he played because he played both. Sam Spade sounds right though. So, um, uh. Never seen it, by the way. You've never seen the Maltese Falcon? 
Never. Directed oh, by John Huston. Oh, John Huston. Why did I say Howard Hawks? Okay, I'm done. Thank you, John John Huston. Um, you know what's so funny is um, the movie's fantastic. It basically plays like a play. It's these actors that you all, even if you don't know their names, you know who they are. Just they're so they were so like made fun of it in Bugs Bunny cartoons and stuff, you yeah, know. Yeah. And uh, the movie is just so fucking good. It is so good. You know what's interesting is. You can never remake that movie because the rule is you can't remake a movie that's just legendary. You're supposed to remake shitty movies, right? But and it just has a really sharp, snappy screenplay and whatnot, and it, and it it hints at things. It's just really well made. But what's interesting is it would be such a good movie now if they made it, but they can't because they hinted it in the movie. But uh, the villains are all gay. So Sydney Greenstreet, Peter Laurie's character, and there's like a little twink in there too. They're all gay, and mm. um, and uh, but they just sort of like just hinted it in the movie. But I guess in the book it's a lot more explicit about it. There's no gay sex in the book, but uh, but uh, it's, it's much clearer that they're gay guys. It was so successful that they immediately made plans to produce a sequel, and. Uh, due to Houston's high demand as a director and unavailability of the major uh-huh. cast members, the sequel was never made. Oh, interesting. I, I don't know how you do a sequel. I mean, it's so perfect as it is. It's just, it's just, okay. it's just like a perfect pulpy film. Like, if it's a rainy day, it's a great, just, it's not super long. It keeps your interest. It just twists and turns. Uh, it's, it's just really well done. Yeah. Maltese Falcon. Check it out. Cool. I will. This is actually something um, I'm excited to watch. In yeah, you should. It's good. Recluse, reclusiveness. I feel like I can buy it on either like Apple Movie or Amazon or something. I can mm-hmm. rent it, I would guess. For sure. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. What's okay. Your, what's your next film? Um, Where should I go? I have a few left. So let's just go with uh, the next one here is the 1961 American musical romantic drama. Mm-hmm. Direct Robert Wise and Jerome Robbins. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. They're coming out with it's another West version. Story. Yeah. Yeah. So West Side Story has always been a, I mean, it's a musical that like, again, I feel like I didn't feel guilty watching these. For some reason, when I would put on like South Pacific, I felt guilty. Like, oh shit, everyone's going to know I'm gay. But I'm like, nah, these are dudes dancing. I'm fine. So I just watched it a lot. And so I think for that reason, it became one of my favorite musicals. Um, I mean, the film of it is good. uh, But I would, I, I pretty much would never turn down a chance to see this on stage. I just really like the show. Yeah. Start to finish, every beat of it is like good. Mm-hmm. So I'm here for it. How do you feel about, you know, I just said don't make remake movies that are legendary and classics, but yeah. Steven Spielberg's remaking West Side Story. What are your thoughts on that? I, You know what? I'm okay. I don't, I'm not one of these people that are like, you're going to ruin. I mean, I still have this version of West Side Story and I always will, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, go for it. Make, make a, a version where they're all puppets or, you know what I mean? Do whatever you're going to do. It's yeah. just another for me to kind of enjoy this mm-hmm. or hate it. But it's, you know, another version of something that I really like. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm there for it. Yeah. I don't feel like you're, you're, you're like soiling the legacy of this film or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so do it. I'm also, I'm excited to see where it goes. 
Um, do you know anything about casting or anything of the new version? I know Ansel Elgort is Tony. I don't. I don't know. I don't know very much. Yeah. Um. Other than Steven Spielberg is directing it. Uh-huh. That's all I really know. Yeah. Um. Cool. Um. I- it's supposed to come out this year. Yeah, I think the winter. The end of, yeah. 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 End of the year. If we're all still alive. Um. Okay. Next film on my list. It's for reason people might not realize. Back to the Future. Just just the first uh. one. Not number two, number three, which are fine films, but just number one, right? Yeah, I like this is one of those ones where I think the second one is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't happen a lot, but mm-hmm. Back to the Future one, 1985 American yeah. science fiction film. Yeah, what you do know, you got? It's one of I was the right fucking age, man. I think yeah. I must have been like nine, I was nine years old, you know, uh, no, 10 years old, I was 10 years old, uh. And that I just thought Michael J. Fox was the coolest, that character, you know, was the coolest person ever, you know? And mm-hmm. I remember all the kids in the neighborhood trying to ride their skateboard. They start riding skateboards, right? And um, they, uh, they, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name some locations now, but there's a reason is, you know, I'm just like 10 year old Mexican boy in Ontario, California, you know? so far removed from hollywood like there's no way any hollywood thing would ever come close to me like it's a land of fiction and dreams right and the movie was so influential i can know i can do that movie backwards and forwards like every scene the skateboarding and the this and the that i just love that movie right and speaking of director's commentary years later you know now i'm uh because i would see the locations in the movie and it would just seem like oh my god this is this seemed like this place to me and that place to me and I'm watching the director's commentary and uh, Bob Zemeckis is doing the director's commentary and in it casually mentioning the locations and they filmed so much of it in my not actual yeah kind of in my actual neighborhood every place that I would go is where they actually filmed it so like the mall the Twin Pines Mall was the La Puente Mall. That's where I went, you know, yeah. as a kid. Like, oh, my God, I always thought that. I would dream that that was a La Puente Mall, and it was a La Puente Mall. When the when he goes through time and he lands up in the um in the middle of nowhere where his... Remember he drives to his neighborhood, and it's just green yeah. grass and, not, and field? That was in Chino. Yeah. Um, they did a lot of stuff in, like, Whittier, too. Yes, a lot of stuff in Whittier, yeah. yeah. So it was all stuff where I had a lot of family with. I knew exactly where these places were. All these places that I frequented as a kid and just dreamed of, they were exactly where they filmed this movie that I loved. And so, now, I, I loved the movie before that, but that just cements it right. just in such an important movie in my world. Uh, yeah. Back to the Future. Did you know John Lithgow was the original choice for Doc Brown? But he was unavailable, was? so they chose Chris Lloyd. John Lithgow. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, okay, what's your next movie? <laughs> now you know. Okay, my next movie is a Christopher Guest film. Okay. Um, pretty much all of these Christopher Guest mockumentaries are special for me. Um, the early ones, uh, specifically, the one I chose was probably my entry into all of them. And it's mm-hmm. not Spinal Tap. It's actually the 1996 American mockumentary comedy film written by Christopher Guest and Eugene Levy. 
and directed by Christopher Guest, and that is Waiting for Guffman. Have mm-hmm. you seen this movie, Joey? I have seen Waiting for Guffman, yes. Um, it's seriously one of my favorite actresses, Catherine O'Hara. Um, she was also in the movie I picked, which was Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just freaking phenomenal. Uh, Fred Willard's in it, who I like mm-hmm. a lot. Parker yeah. Posey's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the title's obviously a reference to Samuel Beckett's Waiting for Godot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of these mockumentary movies where they film like hours of improvised uh, dialogue based on the story written by Christopher Guest. And then they edit it down into a movie. This one is about a production of a stage musical. And it just has a lot of just really great moments. Um, I found this in high school, so it came out in 96. I probably was watching it, you know, just shortly after that when it was on DVD or on um, VHS. And I was kind of, you know, it's something I shared with like theater friends in high Mm -hmm. school. So we would use a lot of the lines, Mm -hmm. um, quote it back to each other. And like, just it's sometimes it's just really stupid and absurd. And Mm -hmm. I just really it, it hit at the right time, you know? So this one is good. I also really like Best in So hard ways to pick. And I just picked this one because it's the the Christopher Guest movie that kind of brought me into all of them. Mm-hmm. It's so funny that you're naming these films. It is a great film. That while not on my list, I have such weird, distinct, bizarre memories of. And so waiting for Guffman, Mercedes at the time was dating this um, film student at UCLA. Peter. And uh, he wanted us to go see it with him. It was opening in Santa Monica, in one theater in Santa Monica or something like that, right? And we show up and it's sold out, right? And this is the time when Mercedes would do crazy things, right? So I'm like, okay, well, because to me, I go, oh, it's sold out, right? Um, well, let's go. And so I'm walking with Mercedes. I go, where's Peter? And she goes, just stay right here, right? Okay. And uh, we stand there, and then at the, we're this weird spot. This door opens, and Peter's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And Peter had told the ticket people that he forgot his wallet or something in the theater. Okay. And then we he rushed us into the back, and then we went and grabbed seats in the theater. And that's how we saw Waiting for Guffman. Uh. <laughs> Some weird <laughs> Peter and Mercedes uh, crime that they were doing. But, that's, but to me, when you're like... How old was I in 96? 42? I don't I know. 15. <laughs> I was 21. So being uh-huh. 21, that's just stupid shit you do at 21, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen Waiting for Guffman, though, I suggest it. I think I'm... Here's the thing. I haven't watched this movie in probably, I don't know, maybe almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need to revisit this one, too, while I'm on uh, in seclusion. Mm-hmm. Waiting for Guffman. I can't wait for this episode to come out so I can hear all these suggestions again. <laughs> What's your uh, next movie, Joey? My next one is, uh, again, one I saw later is um, All About Eve. Ah, okay. All About Eve, fantastic film. Uh, it's one of these movies, and there's another movie on my list that I'll probably save for 10, even though there's no order to a lot of these. Uh, that um, I didn't realize was an iconic gay film. It's just my parents are just watching it in the middle of it. I think I was doing laundry at their house. I think I must have been like in college and I came home to do laundry. 
and they had it on the TV, and I was like folding laundry, and I would not was not going to even pay attention to what they were watching, and as I'm folding laundry, I'm just like just got totally wrapped up in this movie, and I was like, what is it? And I watched it again from the beginning. And all about Eve. How you know, Lori Rodenkamp had never heard of it. How would you describe this film? How would you give the plot in a couple of sentences, Mike? Um, I would say it is. Um, <laughs> I'm reading a page here. That oh, okay, it's not in a couple sentences though. I think the kind of the gist of it is uh, a younger ingenue mm-hmm. is kind of like energetic and then a kind of solid stars is kind of threatened by that energy am i right yeah that sounds about right it 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 doesn't you know it's one of these films that it doesn't you can't just describe it in like a a tv guide kind of way because it wouldn't do it justice i i I assume by the way you reacted that you've seen this movie and like this movie yeah, it's been a really long time. And the reason I watched it is there was a movie that someone I was like dating or friends with was like mm-hmm. really into called like All About My Sister oh, or something. Yeah, uh-huh. Pedro Do you Moldovar. know this? All About My Mother. All About My Mother. And so I watched that movie first. And the person, whoever it was, was like, mm-hmm. this is great. So we watched it. And I was like, yeah, I, okay. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into like, yeah, but you understand the connection to All About Eve, right? And I was like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of why I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of, I don't know much. Oh, really? Oh, this, yeah. This is another one that I should probably rewatch. Yeah, it just, it's just really snappy dialogue. Just really just plays into like what gay guys like. Uh, it's just a really well-written movie. I think it's Joseph L. Mankiewicz wrote it, the script. And um, great commentary, by the way. Uh, if you were looking for commentary, it's a great it has a great audio commentary with it, oh. and um, just a really solid, just you know, just a solid film with great acting. I mean, there's nothing really much more to it, but it's a great. The film, film stars Betty Davis as Margot Channing, a yes. highly regarded but aging Broadway star. Anne Baxter plays Eve Harrington, an ambitious mm-hmm. young fan who maneuvers herself into Channing's life, ultimately threatening Channing's career and her personal relationship film co-stars George Sanders, Celeste Holm, and features Gary Miller, Hugh Marlowe, Thelma Ritter, Marilyn Monroe, is one of her earliest roles, Gregory Radoff, and Barbara Bates. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, great film. Check it out. Check it out. That's This is something that I think I will rewatch um, if I could find it easily. What's funny is for Chris's 50th birthday, uh, they, the Criterion Collection just released uh, the uh, DVD of All About Eve. Yeah. And for they hired this artist to uh, make all the liner, the, the drawings and the liner notes and stuff. And I, there's a, there's a Chris, it's a weird story about how we got there, but Chris loved this piece of art of George Saunders that they use in it, that the artist drew. So I bought the original piece for Chris for his 50th birthday party. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so, the, so when you see, if you go through those liner notes, when you see the, 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 drawing of george saunders i bought that original piece of art for chris so all right and i actually be be honest with you i might buy another original piece of art from there for myself but i won't say which one so people will buy it all right unless they want to buy it for me all right uh next for you mike lawson this one's gonna be hard for you i want you to try to make a guess or i want to see if you uh know by me telling you that it's a 1999 Mm mm-hmm American satirical romantic comedy film. Sure. 
directed by Jamie Babbitt. Jamie Does that Babbitt. even ring a bell to you? Uh, I'm going. To, it's a satirical comedy film written by Brian Wayne Peterson. No, to, I, don't, I don't know anybody. It stars Natasha Leone. That kind of gives it away as a high school cheerleader whose parents send her oh. to a residential inpatient conversion therapy camp to compute to cure her of her lesbianism. The movie's no. called But I'm a Cheerleader. Um, again, it hit it 1999. Has RuPaul this is in like, it? RuPaul is in it. Uh, mm-hmm. You're right, RuPaul Charles. Um, it also stars what's that Hawkeye's name? Who's oh, married Eddie to Cyprian. Leanne Rhymes? Eddie, what Cyprian. is it? Yeah, damn, oh he's hot, God, he's right? So fucking hot in that movie. He's the one. If anyone is a a, a Real Housewives of uh, Beverly Hills fan, Brandy, whatever Brandy, whatever her name is, when she talks about her ex husband, uh, this is him. Oh God, he was so hot. He's still. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he's still hot, but yeah, hot for hot, sure. Hot. Yeah. Um, this movie just hit me at the right time. It's like a fun satire. Uh, this is about the same time that I like was learning about. Um, I don't know. I just kind of was getting into kind of uh, seeing things on stage, and I was like, "Oh my god, the way they use color in this movie is really cool." Mm-hmm. Um, way that story is just absurd mm-hmm. and funny and sexy, and there's a lot of good things in it that mm-hmm. just hit me at the right time. So it's a good movie. Um, I don't know. Did you like it when it came out? Well, no. Like I said, every movie that you've named so far, I've had a connection to. And the connection is a good one for this one. You recommended this movie to me. I saw it because oh, you recommended this movie to me. I didn't. That, yeah, you were the one that told me about this movie. I, think, I wouldn't be surprised if you lent me your copy. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So uh, I did like it. I remember I enjoyed it. I think I, I, either we saw it together, we, you wanted me to see it, or you lent me a copy or whatever. But yeah, it's a 100% a Mike Lawson recommendation when I saw it. I also found the soundtrack of this movie really um, interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. And I um, listen to a lot of this music still to this day on different mm-hmm. kind of like playlists for different moods. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I like it. I mean, there's a lot of like gay stuff in it, but yeah. I think it's even deeper than that. I think there's a lot of stuff that I really just kind of appreciate about it. All right, very good. Uh, Your next one. Next one for me, another big one. Very, in fact, it should it should probably be even higher up than it is. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, uh Matthew Broderick, John Hughes directed, bam, written and bam, directed. Bam, bam. Yeah. Uh, again, saw this at the right age. You know, I was probably like 10 or 11. 11. It was 86, yeah. sounds right? Yeah. And just, you know, that's that preteen age, and you look up to high school kids, and this, you know, I just thought Ferris Bueller was who I wanted to be. And I think it, it's, it, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting that I think in some kind of way, not that I accomplished it, but I do think... There is a Ferris Bueller. There was at least in college. I don't think it, I don't think it's still in me. But I think there there was very much in college. You know, I had a humor column in college that was very sort of like uh, uh, I would say heavily inspired by Ferris Bueller. Like it it influenced a lot of who I, what what I wanted my character to be seen like. I don't think that's true anymore. But definitely when I was young, I wanted to be like Ferris Bueller and try sure. to shape my character in that way. And so, very, very influential movie. I mean, I could quote, I mean, that movie, again, oh, talk about a great 
commentary. If you want an insightful commentary, find the one with John Hughes doing the commentary on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He gives so much great insight into this movie. Things that I never realized. So like a lot of like the little characters were well-known uh, Chicago Second City performers. And so yeah. he would tell you like all the little they, they, I guess this must have been a Second City thing, but each character had like a little tick. You know, and so for instance, um, remember, okay, I can tell you all the ones I remember. Like, remember when um, they go get Sloane from the classroom and she's in the classroom and the teacher's talking? Sure. And you're like, okay, so that teacher actually is the legendary founder, like one of the founders of like modern improv and uh, uh, Second City named Del Close. And mm-hmm. his thing for that character was that the, the, <laughs> the teacher would take a pauses. In inappropriate moments. So if you remember, he goes like, "In what era?" <laughs> and then, like, so that was his thing: was the teacher took inappropriate pauses. And then remember when he goes to the restaurant, you learn from John Hughes that um, remember the guy who's like the Abe Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago. That guy, his thing was that that character would always turn in the opposite direction that a normal human being would turn if they, if they were to. And if you watch the movie, it's true. If he if there's a way, if there's a shorter way to turn to like look at Ferris Bueller, he turns in the opposite direction. Like, it would be much so much longer to turn around that way. And that was his mm. thing about that character. And so John Hughes gives you little insights about each of those little moments that you didn't even realize um, in in the movie. And so, uh, yeah, it's great commentary, great film, super influential. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. In fact, you know, one of my favorite movie posters. That I have. I love that I have. I'll never get rid of it. It's a beautiful movie poster. And it is for Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And it's, I like these movie posters that are sort of like um, not so on the nose. And this one, it's just uh, their feet. And you can tell who the characters are just based on the shoes. And uh, yeah, there you go. What's mm-hmm. your next film? This is, this is number 10, right? No, I have two more. Why do I have... I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I read a nine. All because right, Pee Wee Herman, you did. Oh, so you're, you're right. Okay, I'm still going to count um, that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So my uh, ninth movie is uh, 1990 American animated musical film produced by Walt Disney Feature Animation. And it is Disney's The Lion King. Oh, really? Interesting. I, yeah. And, I mean, a lot of these, um, it's hard. The, this was kind of hard for me because I have sort of a kind of a soft spot for um, this whole era of Disney films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I really, I mean, this one is, you know, the Elton, uh, Elton John kind of music and stuff I I don't know. I oh, another Matthew Broderick uh, appearance. I didn't even think about that. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know that this specific movie is mm-hmm. the one that kind of is my absolute favorite. But like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Little Mermaid, this whole kind of era of Disney film was very impactful. So I kind of yeah. just picked The Lion King because mm-hmm. it's. I think as impactful as a lot of these, including up until I would say like maybe like Pocahontas was 1995. And I think that 
that kind of is maybe where I started to kind of get a little uninterested in them, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still was very interested in these m- movie musicals. I think the Tim Rice sort of Alan Menken sort of stuff was, you know, very I, good to me mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've enjoyed all of it. So I picked the Lion King, not necessarily because it's the Lion King, but because it's the, it's one of them. It's so funny. My experience sort of rhymes with you. Again, it's why are you picking all these moments? Is I had just gotten my driver's license, okay? And um, Mercedes and Liz wanted me to drive them all over the place. Okay, they're my two good friends, my good Judies. Yeah. And um, so they were trying to get me to go take them to go see Beauty and the Beast. And to me, I, I had no, I didn't, I didn't see Little Mermaid, you know? So I was just like, what? A cartoon? Why would you want to go see a cartoon? It's for like little kids. I'm like, no, it's like a Broadway musical and it's so good. I'm like, Ugh. So they, again, they, a lot of my movies, they, I'm, get, I take, I'm dragged kicking and screaming. Yeah. And I remember I saw Beauty and the Beast and I was like, what the fuck is this? This is amazing, right? Yeah. And now Beauty and the Beast, I loved, but it didn't affect me. But Aladdin, oh my God, Aladdin... You know, for this little high school faggot, you know, I loved, loved, loved Aladdin. And one of the things, you know, I still have it somewhere uh, in a box. I got to find it. Is they came out with this like four disc set of all the uh, Mencken and Ashman music with a yeah. booklet that explained a lot of it. And one of the things that I learned in there was that Howard Ashman wrote his lyrics with the intention he wanted kids to write song parodies of these lyrics. He wrote them so they would be kind of really simple rhyme screen schemes, and he wanted kids to... Because he used to love doing that himself. Mm. And so, as a high school kid, I wrote an entire musical parody of Aladdin based on a person I hated in high school, you know? And, like, just... Re- it's probably... I think I'm pretty good at lyrics, and I think it's probably where I developed that skill was... You know, not doing my homework, but writing these like fake lyrics that I would pass out in cl- in between classes to my friends, and uh, I was basically doing a podcast then, but it was just in high school, and uh, yeah, those these movies and Howard uh, Ashman and Ellen Menken are very important to me. Uh, Lion King I loved as well, but I think I started to lose interest around Pocahontas as well. Like I've never seen Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, you know what, Hunchback. Uh... Didn't ever hit with me either. Yeah. You know what's funny is I happen to know this from Reddit is that a lot of the kids, you know, one step below us, maybe yeah. like 10 years younger than us, Emperor's New Groove is the their jam. I've never seen it, sure. but they love that movie. I find that uh, people that are a step kind of younger than us too also are big fans of uh, Anastasia, the musical. Oh, really? It, okay. I I didn't I don't think I ever saw the cartoon version of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what year that was, but I feel like it's a younger, a uh, slightly younger thing too. Interesting. Um, cool. Lion King, based on nothing. By the way, Cheech and Chong were supposed to be uh, voices of the um, hyenas, but uh-huh. uh, Tommy Chung was unavailable, and they gave the role to Whoopi Goldberg, oh, who did didn't it know with that. Uh, Cheech Marin. Did not know that. I like Adam uh, Mike Lawson coming in with the the special uh, info information there. All right, yeah. what's your next film? This is number nine now. That was number nine. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is, oh, so now we're at number ten. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, what do you got? Are you done? No. Uh, no, I have one more. 
Go. Oh, or you just did Lion King. Oh, 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 no, I have two more. I have two more. I have a whole other I have 20. Remember I told you I have 20? <laughs> uh, okay, next one. Um, okay, I remember being a senior in high school. Okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to pull a Mike Lawson here. Okay. Uh, I remember being a senior in high school and yeah. reading an article. I used to read the newspaper. I used to get there super early. So- 1975, yeah. yeah 1975. 1975. <laughs> uh, Roman Polanski. No, um, no. It's uh, I was reading the newspaper and there was this article about how there was this film that was incredible. This was in the, probably one of the best pictures of the year, but it was bombing at the box office. And the theory was because the title was awful. It's an awful title, and people didn't know what it was, so they didn't go see it. Okay, but the name because it was such a weird title, it always stuck with me. So cut to maybe a year or two later in college, and he's either showing or there's a video. I don't know how I came across the movie. But um, let me see what year it came out, actually, because I have to pull a Mike Lawson here. Uh, it's I know that the script was written by Frank Darabont. He may have directed it, too. It's 1994. That makes sense. Yes, 1994. Okay. Script by Frank Darabont. Uh, written and directed by him, based on a novella by Stephen King, a 1982 novella by Stephen King, Stephen starring King, T- Tim Robbins, Morgan oh, Freeman, Shawshank Redemption, The Shawshank Redemption. Okay, yeah. Which I should tell you, I don't think I've ever seen. What? Oh, yeah, I don't think I've God. ever seen it. Oh, that should be the first movie you see off this list. Joey, I think I might actually download and read it first. Have you read it? Uh, I have. Oh, yeah. No, no, I did read it. I read that whole book. That whole, that, that book, that, no, that book, it's called Four Seasons is the name of the book. Yeah. Three of them at least because it's um, App Pupil is from that book, that novella. It's just four novellas. Um, App Pupil, The Body, which is Stand By Me, which is also on my list. And the Shawshank Redemption. I don't know what the fourth one is, but it could be another movie that turned into a movie. Yeah, a, you'll know. Three of the four in that book are for sure movies. I like Shawshank. I mean, I like Stephen King mm-hmm. and reading him. Mm-hmm. Similar to other th- things we've talked about today, like sometimes yeah. entertainment is just comfort food, and yeah. I find a lot of Stephen King to just be like good comfort food, not highly nutritious, but uh-huh. like very fulfilling in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to. Uh, I can't believe that, Mike Lawson. That is like, too, I'm almost jealous that you get to watch it for the first time. It's really, really well written, well directed. Uh, I think Frank Darabont had a fight for, I think he written it, but he had a fight to direct it because he was a nobody at the time. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Next film. I'll look that up for sure then. Um, Joey, my next one, I want you to guess, a 1969 American romantic comedy musical film based on the Broadway production of the same name. Ooh. Any guesses? I'm I feel guess like when I tell if... you the director, you're going to guess. Oh, really? Because the, the name that comes to mind, and I don't know why, and, I, and I, I think I've even seen this movie, but I don't remember it. A romantic, I want to say thoroughly modern Millie, but I feel that's wrong. Hmm. It's directed by Gene Kelly. Does that change your guess? Is he Gene in it? Gene Kelly. No, he just directed it. Interestingly I enough. don't know. No, I don't know. 
Uh, this is the movie version starring uh, Barbara Streisand. This is Hello, Dolly, the musical. Oh, didn't know that. I didn't know that he directed it. Yeah. Um, you know what? I This is another one of those movies where I'm not sure that it holds up really well, um, but it's just special to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently saw Betty Buckley do it, and mm-hmm. I loved every moment of it, mm-hmm. even though... I feel like, you know those, like, things that they have where the you sit in a chair and it, like, helps you get down the stairs? Yeah. I feel like they almost needed that for her in the big, uh, when she returns to the, <laughs> it really, really, to the I, restaurant. That's so funny. It's a good movie. I feel like... <laughs> It has a little bit yeah. of kind of like camp yeah. that I don't, it's like serious camp. Mm-hmm. It's not like camp camp. And so like, I didn't really understand what I was watching, but like it was impactful before I knew that it was even making an impact, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of these movies we're picking are, are movies that have done that to us. Yeah. Um. There's some camp, there's some fun stories of like uh, mistaken identity and fun kind of like confusion and mm-hmm. um i don't know and it's all gay and there's music Super and gay. dancing and they point yeah. their toes and it's just fun so hello dolly once again two things here two little joe Batanz bits is you know like they didn't have any kind of acting or plays when i was in east la growing up there and then i went to orange county for a few years and that that school just did like the smallest drama production but i still did it so the first musical I was ever in, I was so excited. I was a freshman in high school at Servite High School. We did Hello, Dolly. Oh, yeah. Were you a dancing waiter? I was a dancing waiter. Yes, sure yes. was. You know, and uh, yeah. And they had the choreographer from the Elizabeth Howard Curtain Call Dinner Theater come in and um, choreograph it. And the music director was a guy named Brian Shucker who had written a musical himself called Babes, and we went to go see it. Oh, yeah. And now, I've heard of Babes. Oh, yeah, because now I own the rights to it. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, so what a weird, important thing. The other thing is, when you go to the Magic Castle, there is a bar on the downstairs, the very, very downstairs, almost like a basement. And that bar is the bar from the Harmonia Garden scene in Hello, Dolly! the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. There's also a large fountain that is uh, that was on the lot that they used for uh, during the put on your Sunday clothes like big musical number. Uh huh. And for the longest time, I don't know if it's still there, but that was at Knott's Berry Farm. It oh, was rehomed. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I bet you it's still there. I was just there, but I should have paid attention. Yeah, I should have told you to go look for. Yeah, it. I was saying uh, put on your Sunday clothes with Lori. <laughs> I would have been put on your put on some fucking clothes. We're gonna, you know, because I don't know why. All right, I'm excited. So that was your that was not your tenth film, was it? Yep, that's my last one. Those are oh, my okay. ten uh, me, m- movies, and most of them I liked because I liked the music. So mm-hmm. I could tell. That's yeah, interesting. Uh, my tenth film is another strange one. Not strange. It's another film where I didn't know it was gay until I saw it. Okay, so, um, you know, I'm friends with a man named Chris, right? And this guy, Chris, his mom, I knew had been in this movie, okay? 
Uh, let me get the year actually, because there's this movie itself was a remake itself. Um, so I gotta get the year. Okay. Um, and so because his mom had been in it, I had met her a few times. I'm like, oh, I might as well watch this movie that she's in. She was she was nominated. Her name's Susan Conner, and she was nominated for an Academy Award for um, uh, this film. Oh. Um, and it's uh, 1959, directed by Douglas Sirk, called Imitation of Life. Right. So I went to go see. I another thing was I saw it was it happened to be on TV, and I said, oh, it's on TV. It's quick. His mom is in. I should watch this movie. So I watched it. Mike Lawson, this movie is so fucking everything a gay guy wants, right? It has drama. It has fierce women and fierce outfits, you know? And I think that I can't remember who the, the designer is um, at the time, but like a well known Hollywood designer, you know? And uh, I'm sure someone's gonna write in the chat room, like John Arch will write in the chat room who the designer was. Like fierce outfits, fierce women. Uh, melodrama. It's you know, it's just everything a gay guy would want. It's so good. It is such a good film, right? And mm-hmm. um, so afterwards, are you? By the way, so these ten movies, you think I should see them if I haven't? So I should. You think I should watch this movie? Is that uh, what you're saying? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, okay. It's a great movie. Yeah. Even I, I was just. When I watch, when I went to watch it, I was like, "Oh, I'm just watching it out of obligation because Chris's mom was in it, right?" Yeah. And when right. I, it blew me away. It blew me. I like first of all, anyone who sees this movie and isn't crying at the end. Well, Mike Lawson might be the example here because I don't know if he has tear ducts, but I cry a lot in movies, just oh, not in real oh, life. Oh, if yeah. you cry in movies, you get the fucking tissues ready for this one because okay. this has this. You are just be like, like even even to this day. I'll tell you the whole story. Okay. So not only that, there's even gay drama behind the scenes. It's the first movie that, um, what the fuck is her name? Um, but uh, let me get her name. Sandra um, D. No, Sandra D's in it. She plays the younger girl though. It's with um, Lana Turner. This is Lana the first Turner. movie Lana Turner made after her daughter stabbed her husband. Um, okay. Johnny Stompanato, you know, and uh, and it's a whole thing, right? It's all, that's a whole drama. You can make a movie from that drama, and so. Um, it, it, I told so I see Chris the next time I see Chris after this movie okay I go Chris someone has to show this movie to gay people they would love it and he gave me like the dirties look like Ugh. oh you dummy like they, <laughs> like <laughs> half his mom's fans are just gay guys you know it's also oh, it has a big gay following oh huge Huge gay following. Huge, huge gay following. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to watch this, and then when I go back to work, I work with a couple of old queens. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going to watch this, and I'll say, like, hey, uh, I watched this movie called Imitation of Life, and they will... I'll have something to connect with them on. Oh, I feel like there's a couple uh, from work that are, like, all about golden era of film and Mm -hmm. gay kind of stuff. and yeah, this is one of them. Okay. This is in the pantheon. I didn't realize it. Yeah, it's in the pantheon of films, of gay right. films. I yeah. hope I. Where? Yeah. What, so, which one of you? I think I've, I think I've seen almost all of your films. Run through your list really fast. Oh, I closed the tabs. Oh, uh, never mind. Um, I'll, I'll listen. I'll listen. Okay. I'll, I'll listen. But you. Have, I feel uh, like you did watch them all. There wasn't any movie where you were like, "I've never seen it." There were a few you haven't seen in a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, okay, um, so imitation of life shot. I think 
Shawshank Redemption, I might watch tonight. Yeah, you that's easily actually going to happen. Yeah. Imitation of Life is on the list. Sunset Boulevard, I'd like to revisit. You said it's worth waiting. Just go see it if I can see it on a big screen again. I feel if you've seen it already and you're going to see it on a TV screen, you're not going to really get anything more out of it. There's there's an experience to watching it with a crowd in a big screen. On a big screen. Okay. I can wait for that. I also want to rewatch Waiting for Guffman because it's been a while. I don't have that on DVD, I don't think. I would have to... Go find it somewhere. All but. right. Well, you have some homework. But um, all right. Well, that's very good. Well, we're going to have to call it a day because I have to go do some things. And then it's, it's, I, I'm at 5 p.m. It's, you know, the whistle blows. I got to do drag race. They just uh, announced the San Francisco Public Library is closing all of its branches. So, Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Oh, by the way. I shit. mean. Yeah. I'll tell you if they are. But yeah. They don't have they don't have like late fees anymore. Oh, they don't? They just They just eliminated them. So it's like. I don't even care when books are due anymore. <laughs> but do you take them back, though? Yeah, I mean, I do out of obligation because I know other people want to read them. But, like, I never uh, – basically, I'm like, well, I have three books that are overdue. I might as well take them in now. Uh-huh. Like, it's a weird system. I'm excited for you to watch Shawshank Redemption again. Or not to yeah, watch people it again, in the chat are as well. I yeah, think it's, it's, a, it's a really good movie. I'm okay. sure, I, that, that seems to be, like, like one of, you know, like movie 101. I'm actually really yeah. I, look. There are things that I haven't seen that people are like. Oh, I can't be there. I can't wait. Like I've never seen Breaking Bad. I guess people say yeah. the same thing to me. Like uh, there are a few like um, uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I've never seen and I have no interest. But mm-hmm. it's almost to a point where like when you haven't seen it for so long, you want to yeah. continue to use that story at parties. You don't want to yeah. like start watching it now. It's like me with Burger King. You know, I've never been to Burger King. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, let's call it a day. I'm going to get ready for a drag race. Guys, thank you guys so much for being here. By the way, if you're not a Patreon supporter and you enjoyed shows like these, hour and a half shows about two guys droning on about movies they like, um, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia and make sure and join. This, this yeah, show. stay healthy, everybody, and we'll see you soon for a catching up episode. Oh, yeah, catching up and then, yeah. All right. Regular schedule. See you then. All right. Bye, Joey. Bye. for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Contact Mike and Joe and listen to all of their old episodes at catchinguppodcast.com Follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter at podcast. Follow Mike Lawson on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Mike Lawson and follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. The theme song was written and performed by Rich Green, and the closing music was arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. I'm your Auntie Vera Charles saying farewell until the next time Mike and Joe call one another and catch up. It's what they do every single week. Without fail, they never miss a week.